He gave him a bump, feet out in front, the big save by Leonard. Closing to his right, Puck goes around behind the goal. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Colasar again down low, right side he shoots, knocked down, Theodore fires, and he scores! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. I'm not sure our number two can top our number one, in which my lawyer, Ash, from SalmonAshLaw.com, is uh, thinking that we've got a good case in my uh, pet insurance uh, situation. Uh, it's awesome having somebody with your back and, and knowing that, uh, that you've got somebody behind you to go down, down that path. But we'll, we'll give it a shot, uh, at least for... Uh, uh, the next 60 minutes, I'll, I'll put my heart and soul into this, Ryan, just like the Vegas Golden Knights have for, for the last eight games in which they have rolled to a 6-2 and two record and now back above 500 for the third time this year. And tomorrow night can move a season high two games above break even with a home date against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, we have the... VGK Insider Show from 4 to 6 in Section 104 of T-Mobile Arena. And then the pregame show 6 to 7 tomorrow night. And then the puck dropped just after 7 o'clock. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov uh, back in town. Uh, you won't see Ryan Suter. You won't see uh, Zach Breezy uh, out there. Uh, but uh, the Minnesota Wild, pretty much the same club that you watched get uh, ousted by the Vegas Golden Knights in Game 7 of that first-round series uh, in last year's playoffs in which Matthias Janmark scored that famous hat trick uh, as the Vegas Golden Knights clinched a series on home ice. So looking forward to, uh, to seeing a team that, uh, that we have a whole bunch of familiarity with. Yeah. I, I can't wait to get a glimpse of the Minnesota wild in person uh, again this year, because gosh, darn it. They were fun. They were a fun hockey club last year. They were fun as an opponent in the first round for the Golden Knights in the playoffs, and the games between Vegas and Minnesota did not disappoint. And I'm sorry, I love Kirill Kaprizov. He's so electric. He's so fun to watch. Uh, this is going to be an interesting game. It's going to be a, a fun game for for fans that are going to be in attendance and you know go to the game because it's going to be bl- a blast. And uh, you know for the for the for the Minnesota Wild, they're going to be on the second leg of a back-to-back uh, as they play the Arizona Coyotes tonight at 7 o'clock. Yeah, I've seen teams play the second leg of a back-to-back after facing the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, but Arizona's got a win now, Darren. It's different. I know. But it doesn't exactly it's take different. a lot out of them. Edmonton, it, they, New York They Islanders. have a win now. Yeah, we'll see. They're not going 0-82. They're, they're, they're going to be different. You know... Something I've just uh, picked up on as you as you mentioned that hmm. in this Jack Eichel era, Vegas Golden Knights are three and one. Yeah, beat Look Ottawa, beat Montreal, Tyler Bischoff, and they beat the Seattle Kraken last night. But last yeah. night was the first time that they got to play in front of Jack, or Jack got to experience <laughs> T-Mobile Arena as a as a Vegas Golden Knight. See him do the siren? I did, yeah. He was, was on right, ESPN was right Plus uh, uh, last night for, for half the third period, actually, the way that the uh, the stoppages worked out. I, th- I thought, you know, if this thing went two more minutes, Jack was going to get to invoice ESPN <laughs> uh, w- w- with his appearance in, the, in, in that broadcast. 
And then he was he was down there by the the coolest thing might have been being down by the dressing room uh, with mm-hmm. the fist bumps uh, after the the victory. It was it was nice to see that side uh, as we transition from the acquisition uh, and the surgery into more just seeing Jack around. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Like, it was it was really cool to see Jack Eichel at the rink yesterday, right? Like it was. Obviously, you want to see him on the ice, but you understand what the next three months, four months are going to be like for Jack Eichel. It was nice that he was just able to go to the rink and have a good time. And, you know, getting to sound the siren before the game started, he jumped on the radio with Dan and Gary uh, in in the first intermission on, on Fox Sports Las Vegas yesterday. And you know, answered questions and and was incredibly gracious with his time. And for me, it's just getting an opportunity to spend a little bit of time around your teammates, right? Like this is going to be a brand new situation and brand new experience for Jack Eichel, but getting to be in the locker room, the fist bumps after a big win, uh, it had to feel really good for Jack to be in that environment. um, Really for, I would argue, the first time this year. So good for him. Well, yeah, and... And I bet you as great as of an experience as it was last night from the mm-hmm. start to the end, I'm thinking that next week, maybe next Thursday, seven days after the, the surgery, in two weeks' time when he's uh, recovering from, from the procedure, that that experience yesterday in being in T-Mobile Arena and witnessing it as your crowd and then celebrating with your teammates, like just having that already in your back pocket mm-hmm. has to really do a lot to make you feel comfortable and excited and, and take away any type of wondering or uh, anxiety. Not that there would be a lot anyway, but just there's got to be a, a level of uh, comfort, like a, maybe a, a blanket that you throw yourself as you're watching the, the game on the TV. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's, a, it's a sense of belonging, right? Like mm-hmm. for, for Jack Eichel, he's known one team his entire career in the NHL, and that's the Buffalo Sabres. Last night, he got to experience what it's like to be a Golden Knight on a game day. Yes, it was from afar, but he still got the experience of being in that rink and being around the guys during a game after a win. And you know what? When when you're you're focused on getting back to playing at a, at a high level, when you're focused on recovering from this surgery, I think having that experience, as you mentioned, Darren, is going to be something that that is really nice to fall back on because you're going to look at that with with I, I would. I would say probably really fond memories yeah. and, and you're just looking to the next time you're there, you're on the ice and you're helping create that atmosphere that, that was so welcoming to you and was such a great thing to be a part of. No, I didn't hear the first intermission conversation with Dan and Gary uh, that involved yep. Jack Eichel. I was busy down by the snacks trying to <laughs> ignore Chris Chapman. So I, I apologize for not having my focus uh, right then and there. Mm-hmm. What was the discussion with Dan and Gary, and did it did it go back to Led Zeppelin? Uh, there was a conversation about Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Okay. Now, I will say, um, coming out of that that interview, uh, Jack Eichel has going to California on his pregame list, uh, music list for every game. So, uh, not a bad selection there for Jack. Oh, nice. Chris Chapman. And then uh, Dan brought up um, Bruce Springsteen and, and Jack seemed to deflect that pretty well. So it was good.
good stuff. <laughs> That's actually not a surprise that, that Dan would bring up the boss, but no, no, none of it, none of it was. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> how difficult do you think this this like stretch is going to be for Jack? Because a lot of times when a guy gets traded, it maybe is in the off season and there's no hockey going on. But now he's got to he's got to go get the surgery. He's got to wait. He's got to watch from afar. He can't really be a part of the team while they're playing games. I don't know how often it happens where guys get traded and they can't play due to an injury for a, a certain amount of time. But just how difficult and, and how frustrating do you think it, it is oh, for him? I think it's easier. Really? I, I think that this, this experience that he's going to go through, he's going to have the surgery and then uh, the recovery time. And at some point he's going to come back here and, and train and rehab. And he's going to be able to get used to the city, to his where he's living, uh, get used to uh, the the facility and his teammates and the coaching staff. Uh, he'll be in all the video sessions. Uh, he'll be in all the uh, the the team meetings. Uh, he'll be around the group, and and won't have to deal with the uh, the pressure of of playing games on a night to night basis. And and he'll have all uh, the other stuff that goes with with playing every second night and learning your surroundings. So I, I think it, it's sort of like a soft launch, if, if you want to use that, that expression. I think it's going to be a, a major benefit to getting his bearings here in a new city and then go out and play either February 2nd, which is the last game uh, before the Olympic break. I keep circling that one uh, against the Buffalo Sabres or after the Olympic break. So I... Uh, I think this is one of the rare situations where it might benefit the athlete. So so it could be an advantage, and you didn't even yeah. mention him being able to sit up in the press box and watch the games and kind of get a feel for Ignore the way you. The, well, I mean, I wouldn't try to talk to him. I don't think him. sitting up in the press box is an advantage. I wouldn't I wouldn't put No, no, put but I, I, we, I've heard guys say, you know, being able to watch the game from high oh, up. No, and, and, no and he's see. done enough of that. Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> no, there's, there's not a lot. There may be some benefits to sitting up in the press box for some players, Chapman. Yeah. Uh, this guy isn't one of them. This guy isn't learning a darn thing from sitting oh. up there because this guy knows it all already, and he can't wait to get on the ice and get going. So, yeah, oh, for some, Chapman. it can work. Chapman. Not this What? One. What? Chapman what? Yeah. And I wouldn't try to talk to him either. I don't. I don't That's, talk to players unless they say something to me. That's the only time I'll, I'll talk. Yeah, to Yeah, I, I was going to say that is not that is not an accurate statement, buddy. There's there's a couple of media people talking to players last night. I was like, come on. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. If they say something to me, I'll I'll, I'll have a come conversation. On. But no, I don't. I don't initiate the conversation. I couldn't talk to the players last night because I was hiding behind the plant as you went by. <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> Multiple Darren, times. Darren, won't say hi to me. Who was I talking to? I, it, was it was Willie. Webster. Oh, Willie. Yeah. Willie, Willie, Willie. Willie Ramirez, our Willie friend from Cofield and Company. Willie was telling me the story about uh, Paul Anka, that he's Paul Anka's nephew. nephew. Yeah. Which is oh, really? why You didn't know that? No. I didn't know that. It, it blows my mind. Like, only well, in Vegas can you go to a hockey game and the Associated <laughs> Press reporter tells yeah. you that he's Paul Anka's nephew. Yeah. That's well, really cool. I miss out on I miss out on all this stuff because when you guys are mingling up in the press box, I'm doing the intermission reports and I'm not up in the press box anymore. Which let me tell you, my seat 104 section 104, awesome. great perch. It great is, perch. It is I good. cannot 
I cannot thank the the ability to do that and be there enough. Thanks, Sage. Uh, but I. I, well, yeah, thank you, Sage. Thank you, thank you, Sage, very much because it's phenomenal and it's awesome. But you know, for me, you know, I, there is there is a little bit of of yelling at Chapman during intermissions that I miss about mm-hmm. how I used to watch games. You, you, do you have a little FOMO? Every every now and again, but like you get to scratch that itch, Darren. I know. You know what I mean? Like the, you get to, you get to do that every now and again. Like, like I don't want to be up there every night. No, but, but, but it's I mean, nice to just uh, to be able to work. Well, Danny Webster and I were talking about the chirp uh, because I had Darren Drager on this week, mm-hmm. and we were we yeah. were going down uh, because he's he's a reporter. And one of the big things that I talked with Drager this week uh, on the podcast is how, what's it like breaking a big story like that, and like the the nerves and and how much do you talk to the agents and the the managers and how much do you do you pest them during the course of a, an extended situation but then you have that moment where you've got it you've got the story what what's that moment like what puts you over the the top where you can hit that send button on mm-hmm. on on breaking there so we got into this the the weeds of just uh media talk uh about when you hit the send button, is there any fear, anxiety? That's what Webster and I were talking. Then Willie came over, and and we got into something weird about DJing with Willie, and oh. and um and then Paul Anka thing came up, and all of that through all of that, I had my back against the wall, hiding around the corner as Chapman went by eating his gummy bears and his M and M's. No, did not have gummy bears last night. No, <laughs> I, I had popcorn. But- Ryan, Ryan knows I am a popcorn junkie. I love. Yeah, it's how many bags do you go through in a oh, night? Probably four or five. I mean, but I small bags. Yeah, but I am a. Well, they used to be bigger. Year year one, they were they were pretty big bags, and I I would fill two or would three. Would you of take those them up. home? No, no, I'm not. Come that on. Guy. Nope. No, no, he. I I can attest he didn't do that. Yeah, I, I'm he not that guy. That. But you know what's funny? You met Willie. He's like an old school Vegas guy. He knows so much history of this city, and he's lived through so much of it. It's like he's a really fascinating guy to just talk about. He's Paul Anka's nephew. Yeah, yeah, but like, like how do you, how do, you, how does everybody not know this? I, I don't, I didn't well, know it. Now the secret's out. Maybe he didn't want everybody to know it. Well, he told yeah. me you got to know. You got to think that if you're telling me, well, it might be the last know. thing he tells you now. Uh, we have our official game rankings uh, from last night's victory over the Seattle Kraken. Mm-hmm. I let, let them with the pepper. You see what I do with the pepper? The people, the people, they want the pepper, all right? They want the pepper. We got to come up with a strategy here instead of you just <laughs> guessing when to play that. Deal? So let's you and I connect, Chapman, at some point, and there'll be a cue when I say uh. something like, okay, let's rate the game. You see what I do that um, with the pepper? You see what I do with the pepper? The people, the people, they want the pepper, all right? They want the pepper. Instead of you just guessing on, on when Can, to play that thing. Why don't you just point to him? Well, exactly. But <laughs> did I point to him then? No. No. Uh, I, saw the, I saw the votes. I saw them in our number uh, number one. I, I tipped over the, the coffee mug that we put all our, our votes into. And I'm a little bit surprised at uh, at what I witnessed. So let's go through it. Uh, Chapman, you start off rating last night's victory, the seventh of the season for the Vegas Golden Knights, as voted on by the Vegas Golden Knights Insider, Insider Show. I always start off, and I feel like I'm going to get yelled at today for, for my rating, but I'm going habanero. 
I think we're kind of a over three. Yes, I think we're kind of overrating a, a small stretch of the game. <laughs> Where, yeah, they scored three goals in a short period of time, but there were long stretches of that game where there just was not a lot going on. I thought that Robin Leonard, once again, was phenomenal. I thought it was great that they got a power play goal. But we're, we're looking at like a three- or four-minute stretch where the Golden Knights were just far superior to the Seattle Kraken, and I think a lot of the game, it was just kind of it was average. If you weren't in charge of the microphones... I would scream out, kill your mic, but you're in charge of it. That's ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. I, I mean, they're, they're, that first, they were they were outplayed in the first period. There were long stretches of the second period where there just was nothing going on. So Leonard was fabulous, and they scored a power play goal, and they won. And you're giving it an yeah, average. Yeah, because because average it's it's a 60 minute game. Um, if if we were talking about the last minute of the second period and the first three minutes of the third period, it's it's a Carolina Reaper. But the reality is, there's 56 other minutes of that game that we have to look at. Don't talk to me. Don't. I I, I can't. I can't handle this. R- Ryan, what's your voting? Um. Oh, Chapman. Uh, okay. What what has been what, Chapman? What has been the the Achilles heel this year for the Vegas Golden Knights? A power play injuries. Not playing sixty minutes. Okay, not anything extenuating on the ice. What have the Golden Knights been giving up a lot of all season long? Shots. Yeah. Sh- shots, scoring chances, high danger chances against the Golden Knights Check have been giving map. up a. I'm not getting into heat map there. Yeah, are you the guy who just said throw, throw throw all those analytics and stuff out? Isn't that what you said in the first hour? When it comes to Petrangelo, <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm going to throw away the analytics. No, not that you. Say that... Not you. Darren. Darren no. was the guy who was basically saying, ah, those those analytics don't this mean a lot. This isn't Darren's time right now, Chapman. It's mine. What has been the What has been the biggest area of concern for the Golden Knights on the ice? I've given it up. has been how loose they have been defensively, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Last night, the Vegas Golden Knights held the Seattle Kraken to seven high-danger scoring chances against. Zero in the third period. I'm going to judge that as a massive win beyond the points, beyond anything else. The fact that the Golden Knights clamped the game down, and Chapman, I know you said that there wasn't much going on. That's not a bad thing. When you don't have Stone, when you don't have Pacioretty, when you don't have Carlson, when you are missing the firepower in your offense that you usually have, it's not a bad thing for there to be an entire period where nothing happens. Last night's game is a ghost pepper for me. I'm not going to... I'm not going to the top for a Carolina Reaper, but I think this was one of those solid games for the Vegas Golden Knights where you get the defensive structure you need to win, and if you build on this, this team is going to win more games than just a 500 hockey club. What he said, and I'm talking about Ryan Wallace, not not Chris Chapman. That's hey, that's my it? vote. That's my vote. Ghost Pepper. I'm not going Carolina Reaper. Can't do that. But, boy, was I impressed with Robin Leonard's uh, performance last night. Uh, the power play, the Donov scores, Riley Smith uh, with a couple. There was, uh, there was a lot I liked about last night. And at the end of the day, what I loved the most was the two points and being able to uh, brush aside a team that was ticked off at itself for losing the previous game in, in the Seattle Kraken. Uh, I won't go five out of five, but considering – what's still missing from the lineup, that that was a need-to-win, should-win, but-can-you-win-it type game. 
That's a, that's a ghost pepper. That uh, That's fantastic. Now, is it more surprising that I didn't go with the Carolina Reaper or that uh, Skippy over here gave it an average performance of three? Um. I'm a little bit surprised you didn't go Carolina Reaper, especially after what we talked about on the show yesterday where mm-hmm. you had to go Carolina Reaper regardless of what happened in the game. Um, but I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little confused by Chapman's take, to be honest, because like, just because nothing happens in a game doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. For a team that has struggled to limit chances, when nothing happens, that's good. And, you know, for me, like, the third period for the Golden Knights was lights out. It was probably one of their better periods, best periods of the year. And to clamp things down when you get the lead and learn from the last time you were in that building with a lead against the Anaheim Ducks and you let that three-goal lead evaporate, I was really, really pleased and impressed with the way the Golden Knights closed that game out. I thought they played a good game. I didn't think they played a great game. I mean, I think... I, I, I like I said, there were there were stretches, especially the first period where I thought they were outplayed. And it's a sixty minute game. I think like I said, I think we 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 kind of look at that stretch at the end of the second period and the beginning of the third period. We're like, wow. Oh, they were up here tonight. I'm not talking I'm not talking about the, the, the end of the second period and no, 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 the but, third but, period. I'm the, talking about how they clamped everything down okay, in the third that, period. That was twenty and, minutes. That was twenty and, minutes though. Chad, that's twenty minutes of the happened 60 in the second minute, period. Nothing happened in the second period. Do you think that that's all because the Seattle Kraken decided they didn't want to play hockey? No, I, I mean I don't think anything happened either direction. I don't think the Golden Knights Actually, had. I thought had... Robin Leonard was pretty good in the second period. Leonard was good. Leonard was good in the in the first period. Leonard was clearly better than Chris Drieger last night. And well, and that's know, like, that. Getting... I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Chris Drieger because there were a couple of those goals that he probably shouldn't have given up. No, because he the, made the, he made he was one of those weird nights where he made all the hard saves, like the first goal. <laughs> a couple of the goals. The first goal deflects off his glove and goes in. Yeah. On the Shea Theater goal, he just completely oh, no, no, no. whiffed. No, that 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 was tipped. It was tipped. See, yeah. Riley said he didn't touch it after the game. Well, it sure looked it like changed. it was touched. Yeah, well, I know it was it, changed. It was changed, but yeah. I mean. Riley said after afterwards he didn't tuck, take he didn't touch it he didn't it's not his goal but you know I guess the league felt otherwise but well it, I would imagine they changed it because they saw that there was at least something that yeah got, but I mean nonetheless it, it it completely went over Drieger's glove hmm. and and it, and maybe the tip changed the obviously would have changed the direction of that puck but there were a couple like that you that he, you weren't encouraged Chapman like based on the way that they were defending no, I, based on the fact that you you didn't have a lot of of chances in tight that if there were rebounds, they were cleared out by and large by the Golden Knights. Like how this team defends translates to whether or not they win hockey. No, and like I said, I thought I thought they played a good game. I don't mm-hmm. think they played a great game. What I liked was how they scored, and some of it from the point where we're getting used to that. Shea Theodore shot uh, that gets tipped. Uh, Petrangelo scores from the point, but that goal from right in front of the net. From big game to Donov was fantastic. And it's our play of the day. Scored from Tanev at 1929. Puck back in front. The Knights have tied it again. Wow. To Donov on the doorstep. And it's a 2-2 game. 13 seconds to go in the second. That was a goal that was generated because of net front presence. Mm. William Carrier getting his nose dirty and then just kicking it over. He's not kicking it to Dodonov to score the goal. He's kicking it to keep the play alive and and generate a chance. It worked out perfectly 
But having the the presence of mind to make that play and then Dodonov to be able to convert it, that gives me a lot. That's the type of goal that you need in the playoffs where you generate that type of uh, offense. Not off the rush, not off the power play, uh, not off a, a seeing-eye shot, that just a, a worker B goal. And uh, that that gives me all kinds of optimism. Yeah, I, I think that you know the Golden Knights were really good in tight, whereas uh, they were able to take care of the front of their own net and, and what was going on there. I thought the Golden Knights got to the, the, the dirty areas to score goals. And, and again, like... I, I know you look at things as as excitement or or having to dominate for sixty minutes. The fact of the matter, it's never going to happen. But for the Golden Knights to to do what they did and to find a way out of that game where they started listless because it's that first game back on a six game homestand after a four game road trip, uh, the ability to to get to the dirty areas to find those goals and clamp things down and be a pain in the butt to play against, um, I'm encouraged by that for the Golden Knights all day long. A couple of fours and a five in rating the game on Fox Sports Las Vegas. The VGK Insider Show is coming up with our one-timer segment, and we have some major news to talk about from the Anaheim Ducks, a developing story as we uh, roll on an hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. Brought to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the BGK Insider Show. A month into the National Hockey League season, two general managers have stepped down. Chicago Blackhawks Stan Bowman and now Anaheim Duck general manager Bob Murray has resigned his position uh, Murray, uh, it was announced yesterday, was uh, under investigation by the team uh, for behavior uh, in and around the uh, the organization. And today, uh, Bob Murray has stepped away from the team and uh, issued this statement. First and foremost, um, we uh, sorry. I want to apologize to anyone adversely affected by my behavior. I vow to make changes to my life, starting with enrolling in a treatment program. I want to thank Henry and Susan Samueli and Michael Schumann, uh, as working with them has been one of the highlights of my career. As I step away from the Ducks, I will focus my attention on where it should be improving my life for the betterment of my family and friends. Big yeah, news. I, I mean, I my thoughts on it are, you know, obviously uh, the focus has to be on on rehabilita- rehabilitation and, and getting and getting better. And you know, for for Bob Murray, it's you, you know you, that's the next step. The the next step is is trying to focus on doing what you need to do in order to get um, to get better. So you know, the National Hockey League, uh, Bill Daly, Gary Bettman, Deputy Commissioner and uh, Commissioner, uh, held a news conference last week, and it was not met with great fanfare. Uh, a lot of critics about uh, the lack of empathy uh, involved in it. And, yeah, you can get that feel. Uh, now, Gary's a lawyer, and he's never going to uh, step across the, uh, the line and say something that uh, could lead to any type of litigation, and that's that's what happens. Law is not uh, for those uh, with, uh, with, with a lot of feelings. That said, one of Gary Bettman's strongest statements in that news conference media session was the strong desire for teams if you have an issue make sure you're reporting 
that and following up on it. And number two, if anybody has any concerns, to bring them forward. And there's a hotline in the National Hockey League that you can uh, call up. And uh, this is apparently in, in reaction uh, to that. Uh, the NHL uh, following up with this statement after the news of Bob Murray was released. Uh, we support the decision by Bob Murray to resign his uh, general manager position with the Anaheim Ducks. While we understand that he is seeking appropriate counseling and treatment for his personal issues, uh, there is no excuse and there is no place in our league for the type of behavior that was recently reported through the NHL hotline. We thank the Ducks organization for its prompt and appropriate response to hotline reports. So this situation is in direct result of, I think, what happened last week and that Malign news conference, which you can judge for yourself on, on that process. But I, I think something's come out of this that, that, that people or employees feel empowered. The... That might be the biggest takeaway, and, and hopefully the the best takeaway from this is that if if you know this is a result of a tip on that hotline, and that is is a direction that that people feel comfortable going to, um, then yeah, by all means, that's that's a positive move in the right direction for uh, hopefully getting uh, you know this type of behavior out of the game and and out of the game for good. The investigation into his professional conduct uh, was just started uh, in the last couple of days. Uh, Bob Murray, the general manager of the Anaheim Ducks, uh, resigning his position that he's held since 2008, taking over from Brian Burke. Uh, he was an assistant general manager on the Stanley Cup winning team there, and he's going to enroll in a program uh, for alcohol abuse. Uh, that is the big story today when it comes to uh, the National Hockey League and the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Jeff Solomon will be the interim general manager or is the interim general manager. Oh, we have other news to tell you about. Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche is gone for three weeks with a lower body injury. Colorado is just like Vegas and they have dealt with a series of injuries and high profile injuries and now will be missing its best player for three weeks. Welcome to the club, I guess. Like it, it's it's pretty wild um, when you look at the the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche and and really the 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 game within a game, the series within a series all year last year between those two clubs as they battled it out for the President's Trophy, battled it out through the playoffs. Um, you know, you you were expecting kind of a, a another performance, a, a an on an encore performance from both clubs this year because they were just so good. And it's weird, it's strange that both teams have been ravaged by injuries early on. But this is where you find out a little bit more about your team, and in much the same way, the Golden Knights are finding out more about their team and their depth and their players that are are, are looking to make the next step. Uh, the same should hopefully be said about the Colorado Avalanche as they try to navigate this situation too. Do you think there's more pressure on, on Colorado? And Because I don't think there's any in Vegas. But there was rumblings uh, regarding potential changes with Colorado because of the exit in the second round. Again. So do you think there's, there's uh, any type of heat that, that could be put on in and around this team? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Like, I, I think 
you know, I, it, I've, I've kind of gone back and forth with this because I'm trying to figure out where the pressure is for the Golden Knights. And while I, I think that you're right to a certain degree, like I think there's less pressure on Vegas right now just simply because of the amount of injuries that they have dealt with and where those injuries have taken place in the lineup. Um, I, I do think that there's more focus and emphasis and pressure on the Colorado Avalanche because of how their seasons have ended the last couple of years where it, it doesn't really seem to be that it's a it's not a talent thing it's it's not anything like that it's just mental blocks seem to fall, like fell them in the worst possible way in the in the second round so uh, to a degree I think that there's more pressure on Colorado than there is right now on Vegas but I don't know, like the Golden Knights just traded for Jack Eichel, and, and that's an all-in move. So um, it'll be interesting to see how things go over the next couple of weeks for both teams. Uncle Leo, down in the National Hockey League, Leo Komarov. Uh, he was uh, really? he was assigned to Bridgeport of the American Hockey League, did not report. Huh. So the uh, the New York Islanders uh, expected to place him on unconditional waivers tomorrow, and uh, that's going to terminate his contract. And that's going to allow Uncle Leo to return to the KHL. He hasn't been there in a long time, so returning is kind of a weird statement. Uh, he's going to join uh, SK uh, St. Petersburg. But, uh, yeah, Uncle Leo. Uh, and that that's going to clear $3 million, by the way, because he's unconditional waivers and kind of gets you off the, the, the books. Uh, he, they saved a little bit of money by sending him to the American Hockey League. But that's the that's the deal with Uncle Leo. That's uh, that's a shame. I like Komarov. I do. Um, Speaks five languages. Does he? Yeah. And and you know what the funny part is? We could never get him to do TV interviews, walk-off interviews, because he said his English wasn't good enough. <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> the guy speaks five languages, and we no, can't no, no, get no. him for a between-the-period intermission interview? No, no, no. That, that just goes to show you how smart he is, yeah. right? Like, he is a genius. That's well done. Congratulations, Leo Komarov. He's famous for one other reason in in the mind of Darren Millard. <laughs> He's the only player that I've ever watched be assessed a minor penalty for visor violation. Because he would wear his visor tipped up and then he would mm-hmm. tip up his helmet. Yeah. So he's like he he had to wear a visor. Everybody has to wear a visor unless your your grandfathered in. He he wasn't in the league at that uh, that time, so he didn't qualify. So he would he would tilt his visor up and then lift his helmet. So it didn't yeah. cover his face at all. He's sure. the only player I've ever seen get called for that. Really, that's amazing. <laughs> that one of those weird ones. Remember the, the visors for a while? They weren't people weren't even using them to what they were supposed to be used for. Just strange. Uh, Travis Hamannick signed to the American Hockey League by the Vancouver Canucks uh, as they head out on a three-game road trip uh, to the U.S. The Canucks are on the road, and Hamannick is uh, going to uh, play in the American Hockey League because he's not fully vaccinated, not considered Hmm. fully vaccinated. So he traveled with the team right now. He would face a quarantine restriction upon returning to Canada. Hmm. Well, get in some games, right? Like... It, it could it, like it's not a bad thing, I don't think, for for Travis Hamannick to kind of get himself some some games, and um, you know, that's good. good so I don't, him. I can't, I haven't been able to nail it down whether he's vaccinated and it's just he's not considered fully vaccinated because he hasn't done the full process, 
Right. Or whether he's not vaccinated at all. Well, because there's, there's a lot of yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of different verbiage that you could throw out there um, when it comes to to kind of your status there. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's an it's an interesting it's an interesting dilemma for sure um, because it it certainly seems like as 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 you've reported on this as as we've kind of heard it like it seems like there's an avenue toward f- being fully vaccinated, but it it also seems like it's taken quite a bit of time here so I'm, I'm not i'm not really sure where where he falls either and there's there's hesitation there with travis uh mm-hmm. with, with getting vaccinated it has something to do with uh uh being vulnerable uh there's there's a family connection there but mm-hmm. i i don't know all of it but that uh it's interesting interesting where I just can't nail down whether he's actually been vaccinated and he's not to that that point where it's like two weeks after getting your first shot where you're considered uh, vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So we'll, uh, we'll keep it up. He's, he's an important player uh, for them. And he's going to be a really important uh, contributor. And if he does get vaccinated, then it also helps them uh, if they, they want to move said player, uh, sure. which, which is a, it's a trade piece. I mean, Tyler Bertuzzi right now is not vaccinated with the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Right. And he's like lighting it up. Yep. He's having a career year. But he can't he can't play those 9 games in Canada. Uh and 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 uh it's going to uh it's going to be a severe situation. Dave Gosher and I were chatting earlier today and they they just went through Canada, played 3 games and got filled in all 3 games. Yeah. Uh didn't have him. Came back and and he had him in they had him in the lineup when they came back to to the states and and he he was outstanding. So it's, if if I, I find it interesting, and this is the great uh, conundrum uh, that, that that he's got. He's going to lose four hundred grand because he's not going to be able to play those games in Canada. This is Tyler yeah. Bertuzzi. If they make the playoffs and say they draw. Toronto in the first round. Mm-hmm. Does he get vaccinated to play in that first round series? I mean, that all depends, right? Like, it, if he decided at that moment, it'd be too late. Okay, but but if you if it's sort of lining like, up, it, well, it, I, you know what would happen is he would get vaccinated to play, and he'd be playing for free. But yeah, it's no, it's, he, it's but, interesting. But he sits it's out right now, yeah. and he loses. 400 grand. Chris Chapman. You know, the other day after the the, the game, Dan and Gary had a really interesting uh, conversation post-game about what if the carrot was dangled in front of him about possibly playing in the Olympics because he would obviously need to be vaccinated and he's playing so well right now that you have to think maybe he's a guy who could be on the outside with, with the shot. I mean... Look, at the end of the day, it's his choice, but, I mean, it, it, it's really a detriment to the Red Wings because they played terrible when he wasn't in the lineup. He's their best player. Yeah, easily. Mm-hmm. If you're a teammate, would you be sour? If I Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. And you know what? If I'm if I'm a member of the Green Bay Packers, I'm, I'm sour. Didn't ask you that. No, but I'm, I'm just saying if... if, <laughs> if it's, it's a team sport, and, you know, I mean, sometimes you have to sacrifice for the greater good of the team. Ryan Wallace, would you be sour if you're a teammate of, uh, of Bertuzzi's right now? Uh, no, I wouldn't. Like, listen, I I know that, like, 
there's a lot that that a lot of people, a lot of emotion surrounding um, immunization and all that. Like, I it's it's not my place to tell someone else what to do. Like, and and so like if I was Tyler Bertuzzi's teammate, like would I rather have him in the lineup? Absolutely. Am I going to be upset with him for his own choice? Like, I I I want to win games, but like. That, that money's not coming out of my pocket. That's that's all that's all being impacted by Bertuzzi. What does, if it those... make it, does it make a difference? You got your own segment coming up. Does it make a difference <laughs> that Detroit's not expected to make the playoffs? I think uh, to a, to an extent, yeah, for sure. I do too. And and I think I'll be honest, like I I could see a scenario where if it looks like Detroit could make it, there being some pressure put on Bertuzzi, I, I wouldn't be sh- I wouldn't be shocked if Tyler Bertuzzi is immunized by the time Detroit hypothetically makes the playoffs if they do. Chapman. Yeah, I was going to say, what if, what if you get into a situation where you miss the playoffs because of those games you lost against Canadian teams? I mean, that's... I, I mean, like, as a teammate, I'm I'm not happy because you, you have to make sacrifices to win the Stanley Cup. And, and if we don't make the playoffs because our best player isn't playing for that particular reason, you're hurting the team. And I you're, mean, you're you're you're, you're like, diminishing my odds of getting I, my name on the Stanley Cup, Chapman. I don't think anyone went to Detroit this year thinking they were going to win the Stanley Cup. I don't think anyone thought the St. Louis Blues were going to win the Stanley Cup a couple years ago either, and it happened. They were built. They were built to win the Stanley Cup. But that, they just that didn't doesn't gel until three months into the season. My point is, Chapman. Like, if if you're talking about the Golden Knights, if you're talking about Tampa, if you're talking about Colorado, a team that's expected to be among the elite, Carolina, Florida, yeah, by all means, sure. But I don't think anyone went to or signed in or is a part of this Detroit Red Wings team thinking that this is their year, that this is when they win a Stanley Cup. I will I will just add on. I don't think this whole vaccination thing going across the border is going away anytime soon with Canada. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, probably not. So what you're dealing with this year, I highly expect that you're dealing with next year. So maybe time changes changes the tune, but uh, he's gonna he's gonna have to face that decision at at some point. Uh, and and he can go he can go across the border. He just has to quarantine. Yeah, uh, that's all different. You don't have to when you come to the U.S. Because I, I had that when I when I came back from Canada this summer, I, I was pulling up to the border and I thought. I never got tested. I don't think I need tested. But you had that last minute panic. Like, am I not going to get across the border? You don't. You don't need that test, but you do need it uh, going into uh, Canada. That's your one timers. For oh, we got tickets. We got tickets. Those are one timers uh, for this uh, Wednesday, uh, November tenth on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We got tickets to give away uh, for next Thursday's game against Tyler Bertuzzi and the Detroit Red Wings. Be caller number 11 for 11 Stanley Cups that the Detroit Red Wings have won to 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. Catching up with Chapman's next. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. What do you say, Chapman? All right. Well, tomorrow night is uh, obviously a game against the Wild. However, it is also the return of one of the all-time Vegas Golden Knight goats. Of course, that means John Merrill returning to T-Mobile Arena. Not the first time he's come back as a member of 
the Minnesota or of, of an opposing team. Mm-hmm. Of course, he played for Montreal last year, uh, but he's actually playing pretty well for them. He's got a goal and two assists, uh, three points on the season for John through 11 games. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing John back at T-Mobile. And I hope this time he does get his tribute video because he deserves it. He He's an original misfit and he's one of the, the coolest guys that, that I've gotten to talk to over the years. So I'm, I'm a big John Merrill fan and welcome back, John, for one night. You're going to be skulking around the Minnesota Wild dressing room like you were last night in the first intermission around me. <laughs> no, I won't yes. be doing that. I won't be doing that. I'll try to say hello to John, though. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> I love John. He's a great guy. Creeper Chapman. That's your new name. Chat with you tomorrow. Fox Sports Las Vegas.